Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, sir. You look like a man who could do with some more pedals. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. I love a good pedal. The only problem is pedals are so expensive. Well, I've got some great news for you. From the 1st of October to the 16th of November, you can buy two Boss pedals and get the third, the cheapest one, for free. For free, you say? Indeed. Go to www.boss3for2.com. That's the number three and the number two with the word four to check the pedal combination and all of the terms and conditions. You can then go to any Boss UK dealer to claim the deal. My goodness. The only question now is, which pedal? That's up to you, innit? Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. How do I turn you down? You're so loud. And Joe Branton. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, enthusiastic. Uh, been warming up my vocal cords this weekend by visiting White, White Hawk? <laughs> White Hawk FC yeah. um, for the fabulous FA Cup win. Um I thought I'd point this out early on because we are watching the FA Cup draw live as we record this. Well, I wanted to watch it live. You wouldn't let me watch it live because well, you said it'd slow down the internet. We need the bandwidth for Can Matt, we not just have it Matt on Knight. the telly? Uh, we could have it on the telly. It's on BBC Two. Yeah. Well, I'll fix that in a minute. We'll right, saw cool. that in a second. Yeah, sorry. Um, one of the best games of football. One of the best games. And apologies for anyone who doesn't care about football. Um, we do. Because... Well, I don't... I do care about football in general but not as much as I care about Whitehawk FC because it's yeah. more of a community than it is a football club yeah um, so yeah we will uh, at some point in this podcast when the uh, the Whitehawk ball gets drawn um, I'm sure we'll comment on that so just a warning up front there will be some vague very short football uh, content this week cool how is can everyone you get, you, can you get uh, picked with a premiership team or are you not that far not yet like Whitehawk versus like Manchester United. It could They're happen. still a good team, right? They're still a team, right? That's right. They're still a team. Um, <laughs> we need to get through. So we got through the first round, and the, tonight they're drawing for the second round, and the second round is still um, up to League One, and then uh-huh. the third round brings in uh, what, the Premiership what, and the Championship what, teams. What, what amps do they use, like um, for that for that football tone? JBL. I mean, I can't stress enough how much we're losing listeners because no one really. I just wanted no to mention it up front that the draw is on as we're doing this, and we're and giving up this time. We could be at the ground well, with we the BBC do a cameras. It's about guitars, and um, you guys can. And we're here doing the podcast, and there will be a small football segment later it's, on. There's already been three minutes, maybe of, and six seconds. Okay, fine. How is everyone? I'm very well, thank you. I've taken 21,000 steps today. <laughs> okay, so this That's is just a day off the sport, for you there. This is just sports, sports podcast. How many... Sportscast. Why are you counting your steps? Um, the iPhone does it for you. Okay. Well, um, just as... The iPhone 6 does, yeah. Does it? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. iPhone 6 has got a health app. I yeah. don't know if it's actually... And it, it counts your steps for you. Um, it also does a lot of other weird things. Um, but yeah... Um, it, it like measures some really weird measurements. Is there a point when you can do too many steps? Will it tell me that? Yeah, it's Five, like you've six, walked too seven, far. 
sit down. You have walked too far. Okay. Um, and I, um, apart from that, I haven't really done anything guitar related um, today. It's been a it's been a disappointing day all round. We should say that you were uh, down at the weekend. Um, yes, where we did lots of guitar related things. We did some guitar related stuff. We filmed demo videos for uh, Magnetic Effects White Atom, which is a pedal we've been banging on about and is very, very good indeed. It was extremely good. Yeah. It was. You, you guys hadn't heard that yet, had you? I'm kind of the only one who'd got my hands on it. So, um, mm. yeah. Uh, what else did we do? We did some. It was a bit like. It was kind of a Zvex Fuzz Factory. It went to that sort of level of glitchiness. Yes. I tell you what, I, I enjoyed. Was the carbon copy the carbon copy bright? Which well, I thought right. actually sounded much better. We did we did um, an an AB style demo, didn't we, with the standard carbon copy versus the carbon copy bright? And uh, yeah, I, w- I wasn't so sure it was better. I just thought it was brighter. It reacted in a different way, didn't well, it? Well, it, it did, but in in kind of like you'd have to push. I thought it was exactly the same as the carbon copy, but you'd have to push the carbon copy further. It, I mean, push it in 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 a sense of having the rotary controls round further in a clockwise direction than you do on the yeah. bike to get the same thing. I mean, that, I guess, means that, you know, the nth level of the carbon copy bright is is a much more extreme delay than you get from the standard carbon copy. But I still thought, you know, I still thought... I think you could have both on your pedal board, though, and they'd both be useful in different ways, which I thought was kind of good. They haven't basically just made... Because the carbon copy is so good. Yeah. Like, how do you make another pedal that's, like, that as me- equally as many people would buy rather than just going, oh, actually, I'll just stick to the carbon copy, which happens so many times when companies do, like, I don't know, a pedal and then they do a similar version of it and you're like, well, actually, this, was there any point in doing that? Because it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as the original. Dunlop are the yeah. absolute, the be all and end all that, that, aren't that. they? Yeah. Which, is, which is strange because MXR is Dunlop. Yeah. Mm. I was going to say electroharmonics fall foul of that sometimes as well. You know, there's like three or four different versions of the same pedal. I suppose, but I think they all do something fairly... I mean, with the the exception being the big muff, you know, because obviously you've got the big muff, the English muffin, the double muff, the muff overdrive, the, you know... Metal muff. Metal muff. Metal muff deluxe. Yeah, uh, metal muff nano. You know, there's a bunch of those. Other than that, I think pretty much everything else they do is, is pretty... Diverse, whereas you know Dunlop will do, you know they do the the fuzz factories, the big uh, plate ones, the original ones, and then they did the fuzz, uh, sorry, the fuzz face, uh, and then they did the fuzz face minis, and they done a bunch of those. Yeah, and I find it very difficult to tell a huge amount of difference. I understand doing a germanium one, excuse me, um, and a um, silicon silicon one, and I understand why they, they've done the Hendrix one, but then they did the other Hendrix one. And, you know, and they did the Joe Bonamassa one as well. And now they did the Joe Bonamassa. And it's just, it's, and the same goes for the Crybabies. I think a lot of the Crybabies sound pretty similar to the Crybaby, just not as good as the Crybaby. Yeah. Um, they don't differentiate themselves out enough. Although it's funny, actually, because we, talking of demo videos, we did Crybaby Mini versus Crybaby. And I actually thought the Crybaby Mini sounded much better because it had well, those extra had, settings. Yeah, those, the, well, yeah, the ability to change the... The sweep and yeah, it made um, it did make a big difference. You do have to open it up, the insides of it to to make the. I tell the change. you, the one thing though that was great that they really obviously thought of was they didn't put rubber feet on it. It's just a flat base, so obviously if you're going to put it on a pedal board, you don't have to worry about one being rubber feet or two taking the rubber feet off, and then it's still not sitting very flat because you've got four screw well, heads. I guess the logic like, behind that is if. If they're making a mini version of it, it's it's 100% for people with pedal boards because one of the yeah. most off-putting things about the um, the ordinary crybaby and, and any wire pedal is that it takes up such an awkward amount of space. I remember, Mark, when you decided to make a pedal board yeah. for the first time, you really struggled to find somewhere on your board to put the crybaby. I kind of want a crybaby mini now after yeah, seeing one I, this weekend. Like. I don't know why they weren't meat. always that size. I mean, I understand why. It's because it's the rough size of someone's foot. But yeah, but yeah, it, just you can still operate it exactly the same. I saw no hindrance in the mini. There's always been smaller wire pedals. Like there's been that um, the Morley one for a while, and yeah. I've seen a few other ones. Um, and I guess it's just kind of like a historical thing. Like cry, but you know, traditional cry baby is like that's how big it is. So that's how they've always done them. So yes, yeah, um, it's kind of a welcome change, I guess. And like you said, Matt, so there's three settings on there, high, middle, and low. Is that right? Yeah. So high is the standard um, crybaby, which for me has always been more toppy, which is why I prefer the Voxwar 
although they obviously started life as the same pedal. Um, and then um, you've got medium and low, but low's got that more kind of bassy sweep to it, which I think works much better. Um, I just, I think with, with Wah, I prefer having like a much lower sweep. And that's why I always like the Morley ones, because they had kind of like a more extreme sweep to them. Yeah. Um, the problem with the Morley, because Morley's actually thinking about it, it's one of those kind of pedal companies that sort of completely almost disappeared really they're not there's nothing really out there and they could probably bring a lot of that back in like better enclosures and yeah. they'd sound really good because they're like the Mark Tremonte f- uh, wire pedal was always like a really popular unit but you know, it takes up like one. half a yeah but it takes up half a like a pedal train junior do you know what I mean you could get that a, a distortion pedal on it's always weird that they've had the Morley ones have had that massive flat footprint to them uh, you know like a base part that kind of big block and yeah. really, they don't really use any of that space. You know, you could trim no. that down massively. Um, and but, but didn't they do like a mini? They do a mini series, or do they do a little alligator? But that's still full size. No, they did. They did a mini. Did they do a mini volume? But then it yes. was still pretty big. But it, it's this that company they've just not changed anything since the seventies. And I think Electro Harmonic sort of Including did the logo. same for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, including their logo. Um, but yeah, Electromonics did the same for a while until they started putting everything in those new die-cast boxes, and yep. it's worked much, much better. Um, but yeah, it's one of those companies. Maybe they're not owned by themselves anymore. Maybe someone else owned them doesn't do much with the brand. But you could definitely, like, in terms of like optical wire, you could definitely bring that back, and it would probably be very, very popular. Because, you know, there's no parts to wear out, and I think you get a better, uh, more dynamic sweep as well. They've got a very particular sound, though, haven't they? They've got a very much a kind of like Steve Vai type wah sound, you know, where you get that kind of weird modern swell to it rather than like... And the quite a lot of mid-range. Yeah. It's like, you know, really... Not harsh mid-range, but it's it's almost like synthesizer-like. Yeah, 80s like really vocal-like. It sounds more... Weirdly, it sounds more like um, when you turn up... Say, like, on a active bass or something where you turn up the mid of a parametric EQ and then sweep across that mid-range that's kind of what a yeah. uh, what a Morley wire sounds like a bit like the um, the orange pedal the Bax uh, oh, yeah. band guitar you, which man, we you're, demoed which you're the king guitar. of the segways today that's something else that we demoed <laughs> well it's because it's talking of parametric EQ it's got a, a parametric you know that pedal is the pa- weirdest decision for, for a mm. pedal like it's, it's an absolutely cracking preamp and drive and it's brilliant but it's absolutely massive. It is massive. Like, absolutely yeah. massive. A re- a, like really well built and everything. And, and, and I understand that that's what uh, that's why it has the the price tag that it that it does. But I just thought it was um, it's huge. Yeah. But I guess Different, I mean that's yeah. what happens if you're a company that doesn't really make pedals. I guess they're making like one big kind of showcase yeah, I um, guess so. showcase unit, and it is like we're saying. You know, it's got the parametric mids and it's got a you know full kind of amp EQ. It's more much more like a kind of amp in a box than it is a yeah I guess is so. a pedal I guess that is and what it is. proven by the fact that the cab sim out actually sounds oh, it really, really good really good as well because yeah. we used it didn't we we used both we used uh, we we were red boxing into your Mark your yep. Hughes and Kettner Tubemeister five which yep. was previously yours Jay mm-hmm. um, and yeah we we recorded everything both through the cab sim from the we did. orange pedal and I haven't edited the video yet but the plan is to switch between the um, red box and the uh, orange cab sim and certainly orange aren't the company I expect to make good amp sims well no when we plugged it in you were like mm, that's not going to work very well turns out it sounded amazing yeah exactly so, which is which is weird I mean it's such a I modern almost, thing doing, in, doing yeah. an, a, a cab sim yeah and uh, I thought actually the cab sim sounded better than the the actual like amp out I thought like with the cab because the cab sim just sounded so good and it's a shame there's no way that you could that the output isn't like a dry through so you could go guitar into that pedal dry through into your normal amplifier and then cab sim out and use that just as the amp so you like have a bypass basically so you yeah take that out somewhere else or maybe like an effects loop would be a good idea as well like there's a few things yeah. they could expand on that range with um yeah yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that because then that would be your kind of complete like drive solution, wouldn't it? If that had um, an effects loop and and then you could use the cab out, you could just uh, sorry the, the cab sim out. You could go straight into a mixer and still have all your pedals and stuff in there as well. Yeah, because I've I've had a few people saying I I don't want a stereo rig. I want one amp on stage, but I want to 
rather than miking up the amp, I just want the amp for my own personal like sound on stage. Yeah. But I want to send everything to front of house. Yeah. But you know, it'd be nice to basically have all your effects that go into your amp, and then just have that, that as just an amp sim that goes straight in. Or if you are miking up, you've got two, you know, distinct different voices that you can the sound guy can then sort of mix with definitely definitely and we also one last pedal we looked at the um way huge blue hippo which i think surprised everyone in yeah. that it sounded yeah. bloody amazing um absolutely yeah. amazing that was um that was my favorite thing that we tried yeah and i'm not a huge fan of chorus and it sounded really really but it was good. so much more than the chorus it was a yeah. it was a vibrato as well and not not and not some even, like rotary sounds yeah, out of it, it. Rotary it was like, and a vibrato and a chorus and not by like switching to oh you know click here for a rotary sound click here it was just by the like two just, controls yeah just by the how incredibly broad and dynamic the controls were mm. I, I i i really rated that and actually it was funny because i think we mentioned when we were filming like for gear of the year um that we're going to do in a, in a few weeks there's there's so many pedals this year like there's well, been some good amps and there's been a couple of guitars but pedals have seemed to have been like an amazing year we've really been well i think we're going to struggle for other stuff like we're going to struggle for bass this year well, was, there is we kind nothing. of we talked about that afterwards didn't we in that there's been nothing for bass this listeners year. if you can think of Obi-Wan. anything good that's come out for bass this year yeah the orange, orange Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. i've got that in the is list that, that is this year yeah, yeah that came out in january that's about it that that is i mean fortunately that is very good i mean that's something that you know i bought because it was so good jay played with because it yep. was so good so at least we've got that and it is a really has there, solid has bit. there been any bass pedals no there have been some other bass amps we had ashdown release the rootmaster 800 they actually also updated their whole series this year so yeah you got the abm 600 which is the fourth evolution of the abm range okay. so and they're great this is the first time that they've made um bass heads that aren't designed to be used on full yeah um, there is um there's some new mark bass heads this year wasn't there Joe, Joe Brandon's not going to include those in his I'll gear be honest, of the year, is I he? I don't give a toss. They sound <laughs> awful. They do I not sound understand. awful. I don't get it. I don't get your hate of Mark Bass. No, they're just, they're really, they're far too transparent. You know, I, I had to use the Randy Jackson and Mark you Bass. Don't, and you're annoyed that you don't use a P Bass, so it doesn't sound good just off the <laughs> yeah. bat. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I use a jazz bass. I use one of the most popular and, and sort of standard, this sounds good no matter what. Basically, you're saying that these amps that are really transparent make your rubbish bass sound rubbish <laughs> yeah no i have great bases i have great pedals and yeah i was like oh i can't actually drive this amp at all you know what so could drive it though i'm just always gonna sound pony you know what would sound really good through a mark bass what p bass <laughs> no. i use a jazz bass it's no, exactly you're playing the, the wrong bass it's exactly the last, same it's not exactly last week you were having you had this exact conversation where you said that you got really annoyed because you were like oh yeah First of all, you were watching a Red Hot Chili Peppers No, it wasn't. It was Atoms for Peace. Well, I mean, whatever. It's still the same fella. You were watching Flea, and you were like, oh, yeah, Flea sounds so good. Yeah, but Flea uses awful basses for Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was using this... P-Bass. Yeah. P-Bass the best. But he did also use his his, his 1960 prototype jazz. Yeah, but P-Bass better. Um, yeah, we're going to struggle, I think, yeah, some categories. So, um, any <coughs> we will be doing an official uh, listeners' gear of the year category. Um, but yeah, if there's anything that's come out that you think we might miss, do let us know in the Facebook group um, because for things like bass, we might actually struggle a bit to find. Well, there's because we usually have ten, about ten candidates, don't we? Or eight to ten candidates, and then plenty we whittle of niche it down. Stuff. This is actually the first time we've done a gear of the year for guitar nerds yeah. so it's actually the first time that we can have a much broader yes. year, of the year which is great because we yeah. can look at all the all the small boutique brands and 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 all those smaller releases that are that are wicked and there is a few bits and bobs for that but i do still you know gear of the year is supposed to be the the game changers and stuff and of course those little boutique things are never going to be that because they're only they've got such a small you know, market share, I guess. Of course, of course. But, it, you know, it's a bit, it also dependent on what we've tried and what we've had our hands on yeah. and listened to and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a few uh, few curveballs this year. I'm rallying behind maybe the um, count to five for the uh, for the gear of the year, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's funny because, you know, I was messing around with it today and I was just like, oh, yeah, it's like a, a looper that does loads of kind of weird and kooky stuff that doesn't really record for very long. And actually, I was like, Zvex did that 10 years ago with yeah. the Lo-Fi Loop Junkie. Um, yeah. And you, you forget that um, one of those, actually, they're one of those companies now that sort of, 
no not no one cares about and I think that's wrong but they kind of launched a lot of the boutique stuff and now everyone's kind of just like everyone's doing it so they're sort of been left a little bit behind because now they're releasing everything as, as Vexter stuff they're not doing anything kind of and they had some stuff at NAMM that they announced that never came out and and yeah it's funny funny how these companies come and go really like um you know, like we were to, we used to talk a lot about Pigtronics, and from what I can see, they haven't yeah. released a huge amount. But I guess the Ecolution Two. But it's, no, they've just it's, done the Ecolution Pro, haven't okay. they? Oh yeah, sure. It's sure. Like, but it's once again, it's like all MIDI and like there's nothing really to control on screen. Um, but it's so and, it must be so hard to be a big boutique company because as soon as you're big, you're not a boutique company, and then all yeah. the smaller companies have one up on you. What about, <laughs> I'm not sure that's true though. What about Strymon and Wampler? You'd still, I think Strymon probably uh, no, more so than Wampler. I think Strymon are a flash in the pan. Um, you think Strymon are a flash yeah, in the pan? Yeah, yeah, I do. No, I do. I think there's this... They've, w- they've got like 15 really good pedals. No, they, they introduced a complete range of really good pedals, really good pedals that companies like Boss are already proving are really overpriced pedals because Boss can do exactly the same thing for much less money. Mm-hmm. So... that. That's, and that's it. It's just a pedal company that turned up. Put smart boxes instead of the trend for boutique, which is give it a, a funny, normally sexist name and, and, maybe, <laughs> and, and you know, paint a doodle on it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair enough. So they went the opposite. What do you smart want, what's boxes, wrong with the knockers smart, overdrive? <laughs> <laughs> but they went the opposite. Did like, you know, a smart box, smart name, charged 350 quid for it. And everyone was like, yeah, these pedals are great. And yes, they are great. But Boss approving that that sort of quality is Completely, yeah. Yeah. a completely think, separate um, thing from a price tag. I think also it's one of those things. I think you'll find it. I think things like the timeline. Obviously, they sound great, and you see them on so many pedal boards. But then you saw the same thing with the DL4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, and Eventide Ten as well. Years ago, and now and now everyone sold their DL4s and bought timelines. So there's only. It's, I think it's only a matter of time now before someone brings out something else that suddenly appears on every pedal board. But the Eventide Space surely was that before the Strymon. Yeah, I mean, well, even the, even the the big eventide things, you Time know, we're factor. also trying to do that. But you know, I think it's a case of um, everyone sort of like certainly, and you know, and I think I've I've certainly been a victim as well. Everyone sort of follows trends, and you just go, oh, everyone's using one. I know they sound great. I'm just going to buy one. And you know, I've had people, various people, walk into the store and go, yeah, I want a Mobius, a Timeline, and a Big Sky, like without even plugging them in, and that's like nine hundred quid. But how often do you see like the you know the big trio on pedal boards now? It's like so commonplace, and I think it'll only be a matter of time before other things start to. Well, we have to see what Boss's next move is after the DD five hundred. Is it the MM five hundred? Well, I don't think we should forget like the RV six as well. Sure. In, in um, like yeah, the, the, and the, introducing... the RV six sounds great. Well, that's really it. Does. Really high quality um, shimmer function on a really affordable pedal yeah I, I mean, I, you know I don't think that should be sort of underestimated just because it came in the same box and it, you know it wasn't released by Strymon didn't have a fancy name it still had a lot of those tones that sure. people were specifically <laughs> buying Strymon's for yeah and I think it's good that with with that example specifically you know the RV5 was so pony <laughs> you say you know, that every I, time I do say it every time and that's because it's true and the thing is is that it's good because the RV6 is it's it's boss saying okay look yeah we know and here you go here's something better but the thing is they'll they'll continue that and that like because and we we know from experience because we've spoken to them and we've met you know we've met the 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 top fella at boss and we know that they are very switched on but but, and they are listening to what people want well and that is really cool it's really exciting and i think that you know as we've been saying for i think I don't think we should be surprised that this year, us four specifically, I don't think we should be surprised that this year has been a good year for pedals because we we predicted that last year. Yeah. You know, we said mm. that stuff like... We heard it here first. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's just stuff like we've been saying that Strymon, and I think Strymon specifically, have, have pushed companies like Boss and Electroharmonics to be like, okay, right, we really need to up the game. And... I think both those companies have done that. Yeah, you know, Electroharmonics by releasing a new pedal every three weeks, and Boss by addressing the fact that you know the DD20 wasn't up for competing or wasn't what people wanted, and they didn't have uh, a viable competitor, and so they've released the DD500. 
and the RV6 was a bit pony. Oh, sorry, the RV5 was a bit pony, so they released the RV6. Let's not yeah. forget the, the, the boss bass driver as oh, well. The, I was gonna absolutely, two, absolutely. Two more candidates for bass. The, the bass stuff has jumped the into my brain as, as yeah. well. Let's not forget the Blues Cube as, as an amp. Blues Cube. Yeah, um, yeah, BB1X is a bit of bass gear. DD Ramon P bass came out um, this year. Yeah, let's, let's forget that. No, oh, on, def- on the boss thing, also, <laughs> the jazz chorus. Um, the JC40. 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 Yeah, JC40. JC40, yeah, absolutely. That's great. This is the first time. I mean, it was the Wazacraft stuff that was last year, wasn't no, it? No, that was year before. 2014. Really? Yeah. Blunt. Yeah. Oh, Christ. But, but, but it's still. Um, 2013, you mean? 2013? Yes, yeah, 2015 yeah. now. But still, this is the first time, I guess, Boss have looked into. Um, into almost reissues, and 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 that is what all the boutique companies are doing. Yeah, you know they're all trying to make centaurs, and, and it's very, it's 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 funny, really. It, just like with a lot of films, there's just like there's very little originality um, at the moment, especially with boutique companies, because I think it's so easy to just go online and pick a circuit, get a basic idea, and then kind of mess around with it. Um, and actually, that's what I really loved about all the Bigfoot stuff was that Reese designed everything from the ground up. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take a circuit and I'm just going to modify it and change it to how I want. It's like that. This is this is the sound that I want, and then basically reverse engineer it from the ideas that's in his head, which is why they sound so good and so unique as well. The uh, competition this year, particularly in the pedal category, is going to be very difficult, and I think we're all going to have to fight the corner. Very strongly for what we, for ones that we want to win. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're recording in a couple of weeks, so uh, we should do. Um, I'll firstly I'll put up the uh, the listeners category. Pop- I think that's important as well because I think there's a lot of people who possibly weren't listening to us sure. a year ago, sure. um, and so perhaps we need to go back over exactly what gift gear of the year is. And uh, and how we like people being involved with it and stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. Let's we'll do that on the Facebook group, um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, where we'll uh, we'll kind of outline what gear of the year is and uh, yeah, taking your submissions for the listeners' gear of the year. I guess. Can I just before we move on? Yes. I because I've had a, I've I've had a couple of days off recently. You're fun employed for about I'm a week. Fun aren't employed you? for a week before I start my new job, and so I've been doing uh, a little bit of of looking around at stuff and um just i was i was bored and i i just looked up a um i was trying to find videos of uh people performing the star trek theme on theremin uh and i found one and then one of the related videos was the moog theremini sure sure it's theremini well theremini have you ever played a theremini no matty yeah they're awesome they are I, i tell you what I really think I'm going to buy a Theramini after watching after watching these videos. They look absolutely incredible. Your setup is very quickly not going to consist of any guitars. No, it will continue to. How would that differ from his setup now? Bearing in mind the state of the Telecaster, that we're that's here. true. You need to sort your guitars out because we borrowed yeah, we a guitar. We didn't even use it for the video. We didn't use your telly because the output jack is absolutely knackered. Really? Yes. If you plug anything into it, the cable just falls Matt out. Matt could again. barely play your telly or your Les Paul because the action was a good foot off of the fretboard. The action is perfect ones. on that Les Paul. Yeah, yeah that's perfect for Jay Cross. I've got no problem with the action. The fact that we couldn't plug your telly I in. I haven't, in fairness, I haven't used the telly. Uh, I haven't plugged the telly in for ages. I lent it I lent it to a mate. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I lent it to a mate for, uh, for a tour and I haven't. I don't think I've touched it since It doesn't then. even have um, strap buttons. Yeah, there's got no strap button on the bass. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, um, Theramini. So did you know that with the Theramini, as well as just using it as like a standard theremin, you can, um, there's like a fair amount of pitch correction and quantizing that it has got built into it and that you can can dial in how much pitch correction you want. So you can sound like Kanye West. um, Well... No, but what you can do is you can make it so that, you know, obviously with the theremin, a lot of it is to do with your hand position and your hand, like how close or far away your hand is from the, yes, from the, like the receiver. What you can do is, and obviously if you're um, in between notes, you'll get a weird bum note. What you can do is you can have, you can turn the quantization all the way up so that it won't do that and it will just so it sequences through a scale like a dulcimer or absolutely something. 
But what you can also do is you can you can put in your own scales. So it's always like auto tuning, basically. Essentially, like auto tuning. They look wicked. They look so much fun. And like I think if you've got it all the way like set to top quantization, like super easy to play. And you can look super cool. And you can look. Oh, that was a trick, like, wasn't that it? That could yeah. be a contender for other gear of the year. No, no they didn't come out this year. They've been around for years. Yeah, they, that came out this year. I'm no, sure it they've been nah. out for five years or something. No, not the Theramini, not the digital ones. Really? No, not the digital ones. Okay. The Theramini I mean, I, I are wouldn't, really new. I wouldn't ever dare question Matt Knight. So. I know. Is it really that recent? I thought they'd been out for ages. He's Googling. Uh, he's Googling. I can see he's Googling. Oh, I'm find out. <laughs> he's definitely Googling. While you Google, Matt, and you find an answer to that, should we dive into some news? Nudes. Um, EVH announcing the 5153 LBX. Now, I thought this had only... I thought this had been announced before, but I've only... It's only just come into the news feed. Um, I um, I think most retailers knew about it. I don't think we mentioned it on a podcast, because okay. I'm pretty sure it was embargoed, but yeah. We, I've known for ages. Okay, so what's the 5153 LBX? I didn't know. Uh, it is a lunchbox-sized 5150. I'm sure we've talked about this before. Pure awesome. That amp is going to be absolutely. Oh, we amazing. have talked about this. So that's what it is. Yeah. Um. So 15 watts, two channel. I assume just like it's a 5150, basically, but tiny. It's a. It's a. Yeah. It's a mini 5150. In fact, I don't know even know if it's two channel. Um. Yes, it is two channel, but they they share a, a, a an EQ. Okay. Um, Which I think you is... get the basically you get the crunch channel and the full burn channel, so no real clean, but you can dial the. Uh... But that's not why you buy a fifty-one fifty, I guess. No, well, actually, I don't know. He's, Eddie Van Halen's got a pretty like top-notch clean sound, um, but it's yeah. I mean, the, the great thing is it's going to be like a, a, an amazing competitor to something like the Tiny Terror because the gain structure is so like more mid-heavy and sort of tighter than than a Tiny Terror is. Price-wise, does it compete with the Tiny Terror? Yeah, I think they're going to be... Actually, no, I think they're going to be a little bit more, actually. Um, I think they're going to be about 599 or 699 Well, um, 599's not the end of the world, really. And also, that's uh, that's all you'd be paying if you wanted a uh, Blues Junior and a drive circuit, because you'd have to buy a drive pedal for 100 quid. <laughs> okay, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, but this doesn't have a speaker. This is just... Uh, yeah. I suppose, but it's got... Uh, I love how that's your, that's your first thought about anything. This car is twelve thousand pounds. <laughs> that's only the same as like you know twenty four blues breakers. No blues breakers, blues juniors. That's not. Um, I don't know. Something Great like maths. That. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any direct out. Oh, I is there not a direct just, out? No. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. Um, but then a, a lot of lunchbox heads don't tend to have... Not a lot of them have it. That is weird, but, though, because the... <clears throat> uh, I guess EVH is... Because is, EVH is still Fender, right? Yes. Because I actually well, think... Well, I think they, they distribute of, it, but I think they're a company in their own right, aren't they? Are they not part of FMIC? I think they're part of the Fender... Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're part of the Fender Musical Instrument Corporation. 
I believe yeah, they, they might are be, as well. It might be a product so, they own. Maybe it is a product they own. Well, I, it's just the thing is, is that it's very strange that this would come out straight after, maybe not straight after, but very you know, close those, to. those PV heads yeah. only came out fairly recently. Yeah, you know, the, the PV Classic and the yep. the 6505. Yep. Or, or yeah. I, I, maybe it wasn't the 64. No, it was a. Uh, I don't think it's very it a, strange. I think it's probably. Well, yeah, uh, but like it's because they've both got direct out. What okay. I mean is they've got a direct out, yeah. and it's it's and are cheaper than the 5150. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is a bit weird. Is that they, you know, I guess maybe they think that the EVH brand is a bit stronger than the PV brand, which is yeah. admittedly taken a bit of a knock over the last. Oh, certainly in Europe because you haven't been able to get yeah. stuff. So. But because of that what, documentary um, yeah I mean that that documentary hasn't helped them out a lot but um, <laughs> so it's got five preamp tubes in it like it's really full on it's got like a proper tube, tube driven effects loop and then two preamp valves for each channel as well so it's like really full on mini amp in, in, a, in that box I think those are going to do really really well because obviously you know everyone is trying to kind of downsize their rig um, and metal players have had a couple of options obviously Orange have been providing that but you know not every company has been producing particularly companies that do high gain stuff haven't been producing mm. small affordable heads so good to see a couple of new options in the 6505 and the 5153 LBX which I assume yeah. stands for lunchbox yeah I I, 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 I think it does <laughs> Another. So, well, that's what I thought when I first saw it I was like that probably stands for lunchbox Another company producing a uh, slightly downscaled amp. Um, Boogie have just announced the Mark V 35. I'm assuming this is a 35 watt version of the Mark V combo. Well, that's what I thought, but it's not. It's they because they didn't make. Uh, it's basically the Mark V 25 head. They never made in a combo, and this is the combo version of the head. It's so but much it's got money. The extra- it's got the extra power option, so it goes 35, 25, or 10, and it's got two solo um, <clears throat> channels, basically. Okay. Um, they also have, a on their website, have a very, very limited um, one in a flame a quilt mapled chassis, which looks awesome. Nice. But yeah, Is it a 12-inch um, speaker or a 10-inch speaker? It'll be a 12. They definitely wouldn't do a 10. That would sound... Sound a bit weird. Well, would sound, that would sound very weird. Um, so yeah, I think that they are. It just looks super. Oh wow, small, they are actually all. doing it in a head, which is, which is odd. But it, they've said the head is in the traditional compact, um, is in the nineteen-inch format, which is the same size as the as normal, a f- yeah, Mark V head. So maybe it is a smaller version of. No, I think yeah, it must be like a, a slightly bigger version of the twenty-five watt head, which seems a bit weird like i thought this was really weird because it came out of nowhere as well didn't it like yeah there'd been no press of it or anything and i mean you say it's expensive joe but like it's two grand for a 112 combo i mean it's true that's, that's how much, it's not two grand though is it and that's how much uh because that because what's a what's a mark five they're two and a half aren't they two thousand uh, two thousand seven hundred you know so two and a half over two and a half grand and this i think is more usable Probably, yeah. Uh, no, no, you're probably right. I just always, I can't not think of 112 combos as not being usable live. You know, they're, they're so small. They are usable live. Uh, yeah, depending on what you I mean, playing, a whole yeah. deluxe is only a 12. Yeah. yeah you know, and that's, that's, that's 40. You know, the, the, the Mark V is, an, is a 90 watt 1 by 12. Yeah. You know, they're so loud. Yeah, you're right. You are right. I just, I've always, I've never been able to. You're too materialistic, Joe. I've never been able to justify <laughs> the price point of Mesa Boogie. I think. You, I think the you thing just is, don't like combos, do you? I don't. Uh, I don't like small things. <laughs> okay. Matt, but coming gonna... from a bass player, would, would a bass player ever use a two thousand pound combo? Like, is there anything for bass that's two thousand pounds? No, not in a combo. Not really. No. Even in a head, though, there's not going to be that much. That's... Yeah, there is. Yeah, most of our heads are about two grand. Like most of our big all valve heads are sort of fifteen hundred to two grand. Yeah, Think Ashdown CTMs, all the big block yeah. stuff by Ashdown, Ampeg, all their all their valve reissue, the Heritage range, all that stuff's yeah. like you think. You think with bass for the AD two hundred, which is probably a staple standard all valve bass head, that's fifteen hundred quid, and and for the same sort of staple standard in guitars, you're probably paying six hundred quid, like for, for your sort of standard all valve head. 
Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? I don't know whether it's just because of the sheer amount of power and it's probably down to the transformers that physically need to be used for an 8200 to kick out 200 watts because a guitar amp would never need, realistically, 200 watts or valve. In fact, I don't. I think the only valve amp that's ever come out that's full valve that's 200 watts was the Marshall Major, which came out, I think, in the late 70s, early 80s. Not, and not they were the Metamp stuff. Well, well, no, Matamps went up to 120. The Marshall was notorious for basically catching on fire and blowing up because <laughs> it was so powerful. Orange stood. Orange Thunderverb 200, which is a bass yeah. amp stroke but, guitar amp. But it was also, no, once again, it was also eight. a bass amp. No, it wasn't. Really? They, the Thunderverb was designed as a bass amp. The 200 was designed as a bass amp slash guitar amp. Yes. Um, but once again, was uber expensive because of the transformers and the sheer amount of yeah. valves that have to have in it yeah um, oh that was a loud firework outside I'm assuming or someone shooting walkers it could be that I think you're watching too much Walking Dead yes <laughs> um, let's move on to the next bit of news um, Fender this only came out today Fender Custom Shop announces the Mike Campbell Heartbreaker guitar Jay who's Mike Campbell Mike Campbell is um, the other side of Tom Petty okay I he's, was really uninterested. Well, when this he turns until, around, there's yeah, another yeah, side. He's, he's yeah. like Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort and Quirrell. I was um, really uninterested in this until you pointed out what it is. Because I saw it yeah. and I was like, so that, oh, it's, a so, fifth, it's another Butterscotch 52 Teddy. How is this a signature? So that's the thing. This is, this is sort of, um, and it's actually quite an interesting video, um, quite an interesting story. And they've done a video with him. So Mike Campbell um, is the other guitarist in uh, The Heartbreakers. And um, he uh, has just... This signature guitar is, as Joe quite rightly says, a 52 telly, except it's not a 52 telly. It is a broadcaster, Mm. which is very, very cool and very interesting. So in the video, he explains how he bought this from a second-hand shop or a pawn shop or something. And um, it was only after he bought it that someone was like, oh, that's that's a broadcaster, mate. Okay. He got it for $600. When? In the... Got, got to be the 80s. No, no, no. It was... I can't, I can't remember. It was either the... I think it was the early it's, It was 70s. 74. Uh, okay, 74, so 74. That was the year of the <coughs> first Tom Petty record. Right. Right. Okay, cool. So it was in the... It was in the... It was in the, uh, in the, the early to mid-70s that he got it. And, um, I mean, even then, that guitar must have been worth a lot more than $600. I don't know. I don't know if it would. Really? It's it was amazing some of the stuff that people picked up in the seventies and eighties for basically I mean, no this money. Is, and then tore you, apart and put EMGs in. Well yeah, I mean of course, you know I mean this is a this is the first production year of course of what we would now consider to be a telecaster. Of course, but we've talked about this before in that <clears throat> people sort of didn't realise how important this stuff was. Because you think I at suppose, that time yeah. that guitar was only, you know, twenty something years old. Um, Fender were just about to be bought out by a big corporation because yeah. they weren't doing very already well. Ha- already had been for, I guess. Well, yeah, they'd gone. They changed hands. Um, you know, they'd gone to CBS at that point, and then there were, there were more changes down the line. Um, but yeah, I just wonder if people didn't know. That's why you see so many people like, oh, I've got the fifties Les Paul. Yeah, it's got a Floyd in it and some EMGs. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so but that's why also guys like Tom Whitrock, who was like, who's like an avid like 59 Les Paul collector when they did Beauty of the Burst in the late 80s he had 12 of them because at that time he was just like they were sort of expensive but no one wanted them no one wanted those guitars so yeah. he just bought loads of them and it just so happened that now they're all worth about a million dollars <laughs> imagine so, that just like I yeah, mean, bought some guitars I, they, I, I mean they must have been know. like 10 grand or something back in the day yeah I think I'm, in fact I think I remember seeing a video with Slash and he was talking about his one and he paid something like five thousand dollars for it and so he said like eighty eight, eight eighty nine after Appetite for Destruction came out and okay. obviously that was a lot of money then but considering that then it's now obviously his one's gonna be worth way more but if you were gonna buy one you're gonna pay at least two hundred thousand pounds if not more. Crazy. It's, well, I mean, a enough. reissue will, is five grand. Yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, it, a, Just... an original broadcast is gonna set you back like. I don't know, fifty grand probably. Probably fifty grand. I mean, not if not more. Mate, than, surely more than that. I, I, no, I don't know. It's I difficult because I mean, the 52, 52s, 53s, I think you're probably you if you you could probably get a fifty two or a fifty. 
probably a 52 or 53 for like 25 to 30. Okay. They, so a broadcaster would, would be more money. It's funny, isn't it, that tellies don't go for anywhere near as much money as strats do, even ones that are a bit more prestigious. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like early 60s strats go for silly money. Or, you know, late 50s, early 60s strats go for, go for silly money. Um, so what's the rest of the story behind the, um, the Heartbreaker? Um, that is the rest of the story behind the Heartbreaker. Okay, so how close is it I guess to the original guitar he said so um, he in the video that he that Fender Custom Shop have put up he sort of talks through a couple of the you know the the nicks and the um, it what he does say that he's never cleaned the fingerboard okay um, so on his one it looked absolutely vile have they recreated that with sort of dead skin they have not put any of his <laughs> dead skin on there okay no um, Dale Wilson still is alive that's okay okay um Dale Wilson is the master builder. Behind. I got that. There you go. Um, but yeah, they. Um, it, he says it's just a complete re- um, recreation, and he's you know it, it looks amazing. It um, looks very very nice. I indeed. mean, it, it, to a certain degree, it's, and Joe is slumped back in his chair because it's like you're talking about a fifties telly. This is boring. This is boring, and I understand that. But like, for me, this is this is one of the most exciting things that Fender Custom Shop has ever done because. I'm not a huge Strat fan, and I I kind of get a bit bored of, okay, cool, so here's another... You know, this is something that's genuinely very different, and like a piece of guitar rock and roll history. You know, this is a, a 1950... This is the only guitar the only guitar Fender were producing in 1950? Yeah, the... Um yeah, I mean, I was just reading that apparently they only made, they reckon, even though there's no official numbers, they probably only made 500 no-casters. I mean, that's no casters. Well, that, no, oh, that's a no-caster. No exactly, so the broadcaster would have been, like, probably more limited than that. Um, I mean, see, that, and that is what I think Fender, again, that Fender should be doing nowadays is, is like, this is a real, this is the first guitar. I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, I... I always thought the broadcaster was the first... First electric. First electric, It's a little yeah. bit more complicated first electric, than that. solid body. Yeah, yeah, course, Also yeah. a bit more complicated than that. But yeah, c- commercially available yeah. things that we know now. Yeah. So the fact that they've not done one until 2015 is pretty mental. And, you know, I presumably it just comes down to the fact that, you know, the, the 52 telly is a lot more desirable and... I guess it's more that there's an artist tied into that particular guitar. Yeah. You know, it'd be weird for them to re-release this just as a standard... Custom shop you, model because most people would just buy the fifty two telly. You, you know? say that though, but you can you can buy a, an Esquire reissue. You that's can buy true. Mexican the Mexican uh, Esquires, and you know that's uh, like I would say a lot more esoteric than true, something like this. But it's also a bit different, and there's a bit of kind of like yeah. fetishization uh, fetishization around one pickup guitars. You know, I suppose yeah. Um, whereas this, you know, if they release this as just a normal custom shop non signature. I would say ninety-five percent of people would just buy a fifty-two, a 52 telly. telly. Whereas yeah, this maybe. brings in yeah. or know, a fifty-one no-caster. Yeah, and this brings in you know heartbreaker fans and people who know about yeah. the story of the guitar and but people they, who are into lim- more limited stuff. So. This is super limited, super limited. They haven't announced how many they're doing, but it's super limited. Apparently, they're going to include a bunch of uh, Mike Campbell's actual guitar plectrums. Sweet. Um, that said. Um, if he treats his guitar plectrums any way like he treats his fingerboard, I would not touch those guitar plectrums. Yeah. Smell those picks. Yes. Um, we've talked a lot about the new Gibson 2016 models. Um, what we didn't mention is we've only talked about half of the story. Yeah. The traditional lineup. So that encompasses not only traditional Les Paul traditionals, but Les Paul standards, um, all the Les Pauls that we've talked about already come in a traditional variety they've announced today mm. that there is another variety available the high performance series Matty what do you know about it well um, these were to dealers announced basically at the same time and initially I think they were going to launch at the same time but the high performance wasn't going to be due till later and then I think they kind of uh, put it off for a little bit and then they've kind of uh, I think they've made some changes when I saw the initial spec I think a lot of it was like weird drawings with like stuff crossed out so they were like oh we're not sure if we're going to do this or, or do that but effectively exactly the same guitars it's just that you've got the traditional which has the, you know the standard kind of 
I'd say 2012 specs, you know, all the, the specs you'd expect from when you a, say, a traditional guitar. When you say traditional, you don't mean the Les Paul traditional, you mean the no. traditional series. Oh, the traditional spec or the or, or T-spec guitars, yep. you know, so, or, you know, original original neck, vintage tuners, um, you know, a, a normal neck width, you know, to match that kind of year. The high performance features a contoured neck heel so very similar to um, the Les Paul Access um, titanium fret so they've gone for titanium because I think some people were saying that brass was maybe too soft um, or that some people didn't like the brass nuts so they've gone for titanium but it features the same nut style with the, the zero fret that the 2015s had new neck width now as far as I'm aware I haven't seen one but what I've heard is the neck width is wider than the traditional neck but thinner than the 2015 neck okay so I think they're going for an how much does a range have to be unsuccessful for a company not to pursue it well but the thing is, it wasn't unsuccessful in the fact yeah. that loads of people bought them and loads of people really liked them. It's just that there's also, there's probably more people out there who wanted a traditional Les Paul who couldn't buy one. And now they cater for both people. So what? you can basically, there's no guitar that you can't buy in a traditional spec or a high performance spec. It's two guitars or a series of guitars and you can have two different specs on either one. But the thing is, is we wouldn't be having this conversation had Gibson done this last That's year. That's what, yeah. I mean, this if, is what everyone yeah. wanted. This you know, is like the dream scenario. Because there are, there are a lot of people who no, wanted, what? who wanted, there are a lot of people who, as soon as those, because, I mean, like, the, even the Tronicle tuners are still super popular you know at yeah. 200 quid a pop or whatever you know there 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 are a lot of people out there who want the auto tune function there are you know nah. and there are you there, are, maybe no, maybe but the four, the four of us would be sitting here saying if if this was released instead of 2015 the four of us would be sitting here saying what is this weird pony gibson high performance i don't think yeah, but you know, of weird... I think a lot of people said that when I remember talking to a, a friend of mine who was saying that you know he was around before pedal tuners, and when the first company bought out the first pedal tuner, like tune by ear, mate, don't don't need a tuner, tune by ear, tune to the rest of the band. And I think it's when first electronic tuners that were affordable came out, people were like, why do you need that? Got a pitch pipe, you know? And it's just <laughs> I think it's this, it's it's effectively the same thing. It's just that people. Um, <laughs> People don't, you know, are, are sort of afraid of new things like that. That effectively, guitars are such an old technology that people get really absolutely funny with it when you change it. I and think I, I think that the 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 sort of 2015 was to a certain degree Gibson trying to be Apple. I think they were trying to sort of go, okay, you know, because when like the iPad came out, everyone first of all, everyone was like what on earth will anyone it's a big phone what are you going to use that yeah. for and now you know I mean I'm using one right now they're, they're just everybody uses them you know they're, they're so commonplace and it was Steve Jobs I think made like quite a good living out of giving people what they didn't realise that they wanted and I think that's kind of what Gibson tried to do with the 2015 range and it hasn't worked and if they come at it with them you know I think they were expecting to really blow the market up and change the game yeah you know I don't th I really think they went into it with the best of intentions I don't think they've gone you know what's going to really piss off the internet let's make you know it's going to piss off Joe Branton in Brighton that's not what they set out to do what they set out to do was to absolutely blow apart the market and change the game and I think that 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 really shouldn't go un um you know I I I think a lot of people have gone, oh, they're just trying to wreck with their run. It's not, you know, I think they should be applauded for trying to innovate, as you say. And that's something that we've said a lot is that, yeah. you know, this market can get a bit, a bit stagnant. And we do get a bit bored of just seeing loads of reissues. And when someone tries to do something different, it's really good. The 2015 range was not successful. Had they come out and done this... I think we would be we would be having a completely different conversation. Mm. I think we would be ha we would be saying like, okay, cool. Look, let's let's just you know, this is this is great. It, it's a, it's a good way to diversify. This is the best solution, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few other spec changes that it's it's funny really because you know that I was just reading um, while we were chatting there about obviously it's got the next generation of G Force in a sense that what they've done is improved loads of 
things that I've had loads of people say, like, what if I want to tune manually? And if you try and tune GeForce manually, it's, it feels a bit clunky. Um, and apparently they've changed all the tuners now. So the tuners are just as smooth as normal tuners, but you've got the auto function on there as well. Um, gold-plated multi-jack. They've put smooth, silent action toggle switch. I suppose that's to basically say that old toggle switches are actually a bit naff um, and they can be a bit clunky. Um but the, the, the weird thing that they're not really mentioning is that dip switch for over 150 rewiring options. What? Yeah. So How I don't really work? know what that is. I have no idea. I'm assuming that because everything's circuit board inside, it's giving you the option to basically plug and play different pickups from other manufacturers and wire them how you want without needing to solder. I d- I'm just assuming that's probably the idea that they're going for. Okay, uh, weird. They're also, all the saddles are titanium as well, so could sound better. Um, obviously, they're going to last longer. Um, and new case as well, fortified aluminium case. Wow. So specific <laughs> models only. Do we know what case is coming with the, um, with the uh, traditional series? Um, I'd imagine if you, yeah, if you buy a traditional one, you get the old style. Yeah, the 2016 um, case, the 2015 case, don't you? Yeah. All right, so uh, the C3PO. Yeah, C3PO. No, no, you don't get the gold cases. Do you not? I don't think. On the, yeah, on the, the, I think you do. No, 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 you don't, because everything comes with gig bags again, apart from traditionals and standards, and they come with more traditional. Um, oh, do they? Okay. Black cases, black toilet cases, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Um, and they. Oh, say hi for the standards. They'll have like obviously better flame tops on than the standard traditional spec ones. Okay. Perhaps. Okay. I'm not. I'm not 100. I'm not. I don't know when these are landing. I'd imagine probably around now. Now that this kind of gone live, because none, even the traditional spec stuff wasn't live on the Gibson website, but it's all it's all up there now. Yeah, they only just posted about it today. So cool. But yeah, right. Sounds sounds like it could be quite good. So. Well, I think it's a nice, uh, nice compromise. Let's do one more bit of news. We'll do a question, and then we'll answer a whole bunch more questions in the Patreon episode. So, um, Walrus Audio, uh, who are a kind of boutique pedal manufacturer, um, have announced the Vanguard Dual Phase. Now, Joe, you've been reading about this, and there's a bit of a story behind it. Yeah, I think you've been reading about this as well, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like Walrus Audio, sort of. I don't know, sort of snuck around for a little bit and sort of released a few pedals that's kind of cool and then but they're not like massively in the forefront of everyone's sort of pedal boards um but they do some very cool stuff and um yeah it's they do i think the first thing that i saw them they did the fuzz and trem that had like the two joysticks on it um and they do a couple of like cool overdrives and a compressor and this one's like I don't know. Well, two phases yeah, in one box. This is, is, a, this is, is a double is? a double phaser in series, but both phasers can be. Um, you can uh, uh, select the the type of um, the type of phaser it is between like a ten stage plus regeneration, a four stage plus pitch, and a six stage plus filter um, mm. uh, phaser. But you have two running in series, so you can have each of the second one. So do, would it would one come out of one output and one come out of the other? Is that that seems that to what be the gist of it? Yeah, you've got a left out and a right out for it. Oh, and you can actually it's got a remote input, so you can use remote input to change between the two individual phases as well if you want to. Yeah, which seems I, quite. Cool. I really like Walrus Audio because they're a proper traditional style um, uh, boutique effects company. In that they are. Well, I guess what we were talking about earlier, weird, quirky artwork and completely bonkers ideas behind everything. I mean, I love the, the quote that, they've, uh, that, that they, they say about this. <clears throat> the Vanguard comes in a copper-coloured enclosure featuring original artwork of two patrolmen on horseback in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> they are stuck between two phases, humanity's past and humanity's future. Hear the tension of their existence when you plug into your instrument. There we go. How could you tell they're in an apocalyptic wasteland from the picture on the well, pedal? Obviously, that that is what they say. Okay, that is fine. What, oh, and I don't know. Maybe it's the sound. Something to do with the sound gives you the feeling of sort of dread or, and of post-apocalyptica. Yeah, they've been watching a lot of Walking Dead. Yeah, so have you. Yes, I have. Um, 
So there we go. That I quite want to get my hands on one of those. That sounds pretty bonkers. Um, yeah. Dual phasers always are weird. Do you remember like the um, Pictronics one, the uh, envelope phaser and stuff that had two I just remember, phases I just remember that first one when when I when I first started working with you, Mark, and we had that one. It was like the most expensive pedal we sold at like two hundred quid. Yeah, it was a great sounding phaser though, because it had like that sort of wah sort of quality to it as well, didn't it? Just had no idea what to do with it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Let's do one question and then uh, we'll call it uh, call it an evening on the regular podcast and we'll go and answer a ton of questions on, on the Patreon. Let's do some questions. Questions. Okay, Matt says, fell in love with the Custom Shop 51 Nocaster on Friday. Three grand is a little out of my range, so can anyone suggest a similar model for significantly less? Squire Classic Vibe or Road 150s come to mind. Ideally, Blackguard, Ash Pine Body, Fat Neck, etc., um, Matt Knight, uh, you've got you can have one suggestion. Uh, I would go for if you like the custom shop. I reckon the best choice would be the road worn fifties. Yeah, just because you get just for the look. Finish. I think yeah, for the look and 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 the overall feel. But that's that's my choice. I'm going to go road worn fifties. Jay Cross. I did this question specifically <laughs> so I could turn to you and know what you're about to say. Bahatelli. Okay. Bahatelli's Blackguard. Bahatelli. Bahatelli is Blackguard. And the thing that um, that sort of separates it out over the Roadworn is uh, the chunky neck yep. that you would get with a 51 Nocaster. Um, because it, you've also got a, and you've got a Nocaster uh, neck pickup as well. Uh, no caster in yeah no caster in the neck twisted telly in the bridge yeah that's what it is yeah um, and so like it, I mean it, it basically is a no caster except it says telecaster on it um, and uh, and yeah it's the best guitar that you can buy for under £1,000 Joe Branton uh, well I have to say I mean despite both, both what Matt said and what Jay said being absolutely correct the, the classic vibe is the classic vibe is still an absolutely cracking guitar i don't think if we were to go back 10 years or even like five years you would have anything on the market for that sort of money that's as good as the classic vibe and i don't think it should be underestimated um, thin neck on those is the only downside they're not a traditional 50s neck no true that is that is a downside but if uh do you say he played or saw so uh, you played one. Oh, okay yeah yeah, I mean, but if you fall in yeah, love yeah. with that look, then the squire, you know, it's like it's that pine body. You can see the grain and stuff. And and yes, the neck's different, but it is still brilliant. You're still yeah. getting like you know, it's still a vintage lacquered neck, and it's still that sort of butterscotch finish. Well, but it's a pine body on the classic vibe. Yeah. Um. So the grain is slightly different, and pine is much is much it? less common. I don't know if it is. Yeah, they're pine body on the. 50s. Is it on the? Yep. On the butterscotch because they do two. They do the. They do yes. one in white blonde, they, and they do. I believe they both are. Okay. Um, um, but, that, but yeah, pine's very unusual, uh, but but still, a lot of the tonal qualities are very very similar to. I mean, I I agree with you completely, and um, it's you know the uh, if you wanna spend four hundred quid, then buy the classic vibe, and if you're comfortable spending six hundred fifty quid, then buy the Bahatelli, and if you're comfortable spending the eight hundred fifty quid that the Rogue one's gonna be, uh, then buy the Bahatelli. <laughs> very good very good with that we should call it an evening we're going to do some more questions on the Patreon episode uh, we're going to be tackling pick up questions from Wade metal uh, questions from Chase uh, questions about controlling multiple pedals with one expression pedal but from Rob uh, we're going to talk about sandpaper from Stevie uh, vintage modified jazz masters from Gabriel uh 2016 Les Paul Traditionals from Moog uh, and some atmospheric synth sounds from Paul if you wanted to listen to that head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as $5 a month you'll get an extra half an hour that's an extra two hours a month of guitar nerds content Um, and uh, yeah do that by patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds like these lovely people have oh wait 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 I don't I just realised you were you were segueing onto that and I didn't have the um the document open. <coughs> I haven't even thought about voice. I'm quite poorly at the moment. Eric Siri, Paul Corrigan, Dale Rascoe, Jack Conroy, 
Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Phil Thompson, Mark Gravit, Corin Anderson. Apologies to anyone who has either broken their headphones yeah, well. or uh, gone deaf for the first few names on that list because your volume was uncomfortably high, I would Sorry. say. Also, again, uncomfortably high. I'll compress that out in the mix. It'll be fine. Um, thanks for listening this week. As always, send your questions into facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, the internet's most friendly guitar forum. And thanks to everyone on there for keeping Friendlies. it friendly. There's no... No one's ever snarky on there. It's like super nice group. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> tell your friends about the podcast. Do go to iTunes. Give us a nice five-star review and a uh, yeah, little put a bit of text in there about how we're the bloody best on the internet and stuff like that. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, at Guitar Nerds, or on Instagram, at Guitar Nerds, or on YouTube, at Guitar Nerds Videos. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark underscore Random. You can follow Matt, at Matt underscore Nightsy. That's not with S-I-E on the end. Follow Jay at J-A-Y-B-N-1 or Joe at Yosef underscore 900. We will uh, see you next week. Come on the Hawks. Bye. It's either Dagenham and Redbridge away or Morecambe away. Morecambe's a long way away. (laughs) Bye. Come on the Dagenham. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.